With HR Wins, this is George LaRock, and this is the HR Market Watch Future Work Podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm back with another Future Work episode, and when I say thanks for being here, I really mean it. Uh, Maybe you're sheltered in place during this global pandemic, giving me a little bit of your time today, or maybe you're listening to this in the future, in the after times. What's what's that like? Going outside with your face all uncovered? Or is the face mask the accessory of the future? I, I, I wonder. As always, I've got an interview for you in this episode, but it was recorded in the before times, before the COVID-19 global pandemic. In fact, right before it. So we didn't talk about our topic in today's context, but it is relevant nonetheless. It's about assessments. Now, I, I know I, there's a 50% chance that your eyes rolled when I said assessments. In the world of recruiting and talent management, there seem to be two camps for assessments, lovers and haters. And I have to tell you, I'm a believer because I've seen them work firsthand. I've, I've helped implement them for a client that was struggling with both a recruiting and retention program. And when we were able to identify the profile of who was the most engaged, the happiest, the most likely employees to stay longer, and we implemented that into recruiting, we not only saw better hires, but more diverse hires. Uh, I also saw them work firsthand. I researched and implemented assessments for my own hiring with the help of a IO psychologist, but running a global team of enterprise software sales and marketing pros, and you guessed it, what did I get? I got better performing and more diverse hires that stuck around longer. Now, we knew the traits we needed. We just needed a little science to help us identify who really had them. Now, when I talk to people in the other camp, the the haters or the disbelievers, I normally find that they haven't had the pleasure of working with an IO behavioral scientist like I have. And they haven't implemented the right assessments in the proper way. And if you don't know how to use a powerful tool, it can be a dangerous and destructive tool. And assessments are powerful tools in the world of recruiting and hiring and talent mobility and talent management. So I mentioned this topic was relevant today. And as you're thinking about the future of your workforce, those that may be working remotely or in a distributed model for the extended future, if not for the foreseeable future, assessments can really help you identify the current and future staff that have the resourcefulness and self-insight to work effectively when remote, for example. More on that in an upcoming HR Wins report. That all said, today, we're going to dig into how the market and role of assessments have changed, how assessments and assessment technology has changed, the role of AI with assessments, and more with a guest that's been in the industry for a long time and now runs one of the industry's leaders. Andy Bradshaw is the CEO of SHL. Now, Andy has had a successful career across enterprise technology and has been in the talent and assessment space since about 2009. Now, he had been with SHL previously as an executive and then boomeranged back in 2017, um, which is always a good sign when somebody comes back. Um, SHL is a global provider of talent assessments, leveraging AI, data science, and analytics to help companies attract, develop, and grow their workforce. SHL had been acquired by... CEB and Gartner, and has since spun back out on their own. So I'm really interested to learn more 
about SHL and Andy, and I'm excited to hear about uh, what both SHL and Andy are up to now. Welcome, Andy. Thanks, George. Thanks very much for inviting me along. Terrific. Well, did I leave anything out uh, about your background or SHL that you'd like to share? Uh, I mean, you gave me a, a fantastic intro. I guess <laughs> most of my career uh, has been spent in technology. I'm a, a technologist at heart and really what technology, what technology can deliver to organizations and also um, people within organizations. But over half of my career has been in, in human capital management. And I continue to find it a fascinating area. And as you will know, and I'm sure your, your listeners will know only too well, um, it is changing so rapidly at the moment. It's a super exciting place to be. Yeah, you know, I've, um, you know, when, when I jumped into the market, uh, it was uh, 30 years ago as a practitioner. Um, I, I, I didn't have this uh, vision of being focused in this industry, you know, in different roles, but it it has been changing so much for a long time. It's whether the practices or the technologies. So I really, um, I get what you're saying. It's, um, it continues to challenge all of us with um, as, you know, macro trends in the marketplace and the workforce, technology trends. So um, yeah, I totally understand how um, you would, um, you, you would, you would, have that perspective. So let, let's dig right into SHL. So, you know, it, it was, it's really interesting to see um, companies, you know, uh, merge, you know, get acquired, you know, spin out, you know, go private, go public, you know, these changes are always, always, you know, leave me wondering, you know, why, why, why were these decisions made? And since, you know, you're here, you're the guy to ask. So, mm -hmm. you know, how, you know, how and why did um, SHL come back on their own? And, and what does that mean to the market and to your customers? Yeah, I mean, SHL has been on a, a really interesting journey. It's, it's actually a business that's over 40 years old. Um, as you said, in, in your intro, I joined the business in, in 2009. And really, at the time, we were building out the global footprint um, of SHL and seeing more and more specifically online assessments being taken pr primarily in the, the talent acquisition space, although it was used in talent management, but more often at the more senior levels. But in hiring processes, you know, trying to use assessment to make objective decisions uh, and drive better decisions. Um, and the business was growing very rapidly. Now, we, we were acquired by CEB um, in 2012. And what CEB were trying to do is bring together all of that great best practice that they produced uh, around HR together with some uh, recommendations for tools that organizations could use. Uh, as you rightly say, went through CEB, then CEB got acquired by Gartner. Um, Gartner obviously looking for CB's research to very much complement their technology uh, research that they already had, but that created an opportunity for for SHL to become independent once again. And you know we've we've always been the largest uh, provider of of people insight, and often that people insight is through the assessment and the assessment tools that we provide. So for us being independent, and we would have been independent for nearly a year and a half. Um, at the end of this month, it really means we can continue to focus. You know, all, all we do is provide tools and systems that enable organizations to get deeper insight around people, which enables them to make better decisions uh, around their workforce, be that in 
talent acquisition and bringing on board new people and candidates or be that in their workforce in terms of talent management and how they make the decisions around uh, succession planning and high potential programs and leadership programs um, to enable them to do that. So, you know, we are delighted that we've been independent. We are absolutely therefore in charge of our own destiny. And it, it genuinely feels like we are recreating a new SHL that actually is, is pretty different from the SHL um, that I was in between 2009 and 2013. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think while uh, I'm sure at SHL the year and a half uh, is you, you've you've moved you know beyond that transition or or you're you're at least at the end of it. Uh, I think to the market, um, it's uh, you know I don't know how much awareness the average buyer or customer has to who owns who, but I think it's refreshing, probably refreshing to hear that. Um, you know, you're not serving a different purpose, right? You're, you're, yeah. and that's all, once a company has acquired, um, hopefully there's alignment. And so uh, it, you know, maybe that expands or uh, that alignment just drives, you know, more, you know, more resources or, or even more focus. Um, but in this case, I think it, it, um, it puts you, you know, back in the market and, and focused on, on talent, which is a, a very right. good thing. That's so right. I think, we, we lost a little bit of our identity, um, you know, within CV. And I think that's inevitable for any organization that's acquired by a, a larger business. Um, but it has been interesting, the customer feedback and the analyst feedback is, you know, it's great to have a, an organization who's dedicated to doing this uh, on a global level back in the market. And, and certainly we've had some very strong, very positive feedback because of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you mentioned, uh, you know, recreating that um, identity and, you know, it was in the context of um, this, uh, uh, you know, coming back to the market with, with that focus. And I, and I know, um, you know, SHL has been a market share leader and a market leader in assessments for a very long time. Um, and uh, I'm curious, um, how have you seen the market change? Uh, and I'm certain that you know, feeds into um, how you're shaping um, SHL's brand and identity and purpose now. So I'm very curious, how, what, what are those changes that have, that have taken place in the market from your perspective? I think if you, if you look at the highest level, you know, organizations are going through significant amounts of transformation now, uh, probably more so than ever. And whether that's in the drive for more organic growth or whether that's through you know, digital disruption and the need to transform themselves, you know, it's creating the need to have new skills, um, new ways of working for teams. So there is more discussion in the C-suite of large, medium and small organizations around talent than probably I've I, I ever seen before. Um, so I think that that's the first thing in terms of how, how the market's changed because that then drives the overall war for talent with unemployment down in most uh, countries, you know, the rise of millennials and millennials on average staying half the amount of time, just two years in a role uh, compared to previous generations. And also the increased scrutiny around people and people decisions mm -hmm. to make unbiased decisions, respecting diversity and inclusiveness and all of those different things. So again, it's really driving the, the people agenda, but the, 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 the candidate expectations and the employee expectations have never been higher as well. 
yeah. so that the the you know the overall experience is significantly more certainly 10 years ago people would put assessments into workflow processes because the power was more on the, the side of the organization because the organization was saying to the candidate come on prove to me that you you, you want to join now it's almost turned around where the candidate is king and whilst the organization still wants that sort of scientific rigorous unbiased assessment it needs to be in a way that feels frictionless for the candidate and the employee um, because they don't want to put people off in any way shape or form and they certainly don't want to be uh, any negative representation um, on the brand so you know the market dynamics are, are, are quite different now from when they were 10 years ago but but also again as we mentioned at the start the human capital management market has grown dramatically and what I've seen in coming back into this um, organization and this part of the business is you've still got the traditional assessment providers who, whose, I guess, core competence has come from the science, the scientific rigor and the nature of their, their assessment tools. But you've also got a huge plethora of small startup organizations who are really leveraging technology to bring um to, to their offerings to market so you know you've got some very different dynamics going on and and certainly from a, you know, a buyer perspective and who's looking to acquire both tools and um content within this space you know there's there's significantly more choice that they've got now and there's some real key decisions that they need to make around the types of solutions they're buying right right yeah i mean i i'm a um I'm a big believer uh, in assessments and the fact that they work. Uh, and that's, I, I've implemented them back in my day in the field and uh, uh, watched, watched them have success, whether it was you know, pre or post hire. Um, yeah. and, uh, and as I'm out in the field now with employers, uh, I'm looking over their shoulders and seeing the same results. So, um, so I generally uh, see that um, you know the, uh, the the same dynamics you're talking about, where uh, you know where these instruments are used, and you know they're the right instruments, and they're used appropriately. Um, they have a massive impact on issues, you know, as like you know, a lot of people like to talk about retention, but I've seen them impact. Um, absenteeism and yeah. presenteeism and um, you know everything uh, from uh, better hiring decisions to you know career pathing and you know how to engage each other in, in better you know uh, uh, conversations leadership and development it goes on and on and on um, so so that being said um, you know what I also believe <laughs> That that this is um, for, for you hit right the nail right on the head with expectations of the we'll call it you know consumerization on the part of the employee or the candidate, mm -hmm. but also the employer. You know, I, I feel that this is a space I've been waiting for um, big innovation. Right, and I've seen a lot of incremental stuff, um, so I'm, I'm really curious. What are you know, to the extent that you can share it, <laughs> what, yeah. what do you have in the lab right now? What are you thinking about or what are you working on that would um, take that traditional assessment world into this new, you know, world meeting those expectations that you, that you framed? Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, we, we're 
dramatically increased the amount of investment that we've put into uh, new, both new technology and, and new content as well. When I, when I think of our business and I, I think of how customers buy from us, there's really three layers. Um, first of all, it's around the, I'll call it assessment content and tools, because it is both. So we've worked hard to both broaden out the range of assessment that we have because there are ever increasing new skills um, required in the market. I mean, we, we made an acquisition of a company called Aspiring Minds in, in quarter four last year. And what Aspiring Minds brought to us was coding assessments, um, English language assessments and further skills assessments, because organizations do want to have the breadth of content from us to look at both roles today um, as well as roles in the future. What okay. they also want from us is, is tools, though. So we've started to uh, combine the input and output from assessment content into technology tools. So, for example, uh, we have a, a virtual assessment and development center product um, that can take inputs from the assessments themselves to try and uh, tailor the content that therefore goes into the assessment and development centers and you can start to automate some of that so it, it's really about bringing the breadth of tools but also bringing the content together in a meaningful way because traditionally organizations would do this themselves through quite expensive often you know large-scale consulting engagements where you would bring together you know online assessment with some tools and some consultancy but you know organizations don't operate that way they need to operate more in a more agile way they need to operate more quickly so enabling technology to do that so that content area we continue to broaden out the content um, for clients we're seeing a lot of innovation on the next layer up which is really the platform layer okay. so again i talked about these traditional uh, organizations in our space and also the, the startups um, what the startups have done a good job of is, is making a very easy to use, very nice looking, either a user interface or administration interface um, to do you know, this type of assessment. But what they don't have necessarily is the science and the rigor and the, the depth um, that, that all the traditional organizations have. So for us, it's trying to bring together those two aspects, which is we have the science, the rigor, the depth of content, but then in a technology platform that isn't just about playing a test, but actually is about the user experience. It's about the workflow that can be very easily configured. It's about enabling things like real-time feedback uh, for candidates and employees. So it doesn't feel like it's a one-way experience. It feels like a two-way experience that's very immersive. So we're sort of innovating at the content, but also the platform layer um, such that we can provide to you know that that candidate and, and employee experience in a, in a richer richer way and then the final layer is you know content platform and then ultimately um, the data and the insights you know nobody takes an assessment just for taking an assessment sake what they're trying to do is get insight into that person and that insight enables them to make a better decision so you know how do we bring that together and and it always amazed me and it's still still amazes me for for lots of organizations is you know you spend time assessing people on the way into the organization but as soon as they come through the front door that insight that assessment data that you have that's very really rich is left at the front door 
Mm -hmm. Why couldn't that data be used for better onboarding? Uh, why couldn't it be used for a, a development plan as you walk in on day one that you and your manager can discuss? How can that be used to bespoke your learning journey going forward? So, you know, we very much see this as a continuum and not a, you know, you're either in pre-hire or post-hire and you use different tools and different methodologies. It should be that same journey for that person and you're actually collecting more insight around them as they go along both for their own personal career development, but also for the organization to make sure they're putting them in the right place as well to get the maximum from, from a workforce, workforce perspective. So, you know, bringing together that data with things like benchmarking, um, you know, we've, we've got about 45 billion data points on people um, that enable us to do some very rich benchmarking within the platform again. So, you know, there is lots going on within our business we're, we're not just a pure assessment tools player we really want to focus on the the workflow and the journey and the platform but ultimately the data and the insight that comes out of that right right you know one of one of the big that all sounds um you know that's all very smart and uh i uh you know i like the sound of that that you know that direction um on those insights um you know one of the big trends uh, that we've been talking about in the market a lot lately is, uh, you know, predictive analytics. And it's a double-edged sword, um, especially when it comes to uh, using, uh, you know, assessment data because of, you, meant, you, you mentioned the bias that people are concerned yeah. with in the hiring process. Um, so I'm, I'm curious um, how, how, you know, when you talk about insights, are you talking about predictive analytics and, 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 and or you know how do you bring those predictive insights to customers via via SHL? Yeah, I mean it's it, it is partly around predictive analytics. I mean uh, it's interesting when you think of I guess the technology market. You know we've gone through these massive waves of enterprise resource planning software to plan your factory and your your, your work of your people. Mm -hmm. We've gone through massive CRM implementations around customer relationship management. And now, you know, the sophisticated CRM systems, you know, can really track buying behavior down at an individual client level. We've never really seen anything like that in human capital management. Mm -hmm. You know, human capital management systems have typically been pretty much systems of record. Um, they know when you joined, they know what you get paid, they know your job level today uh, they probably have some level of historics but it's really just a just a point in time so what we're thinking of is you know how can you get data on your workforce that enables you to make uh, more workforce decisions across the whole of the organization and have that represented in a, a very simple easy to use way but also and it, to, to your point is how can you use that insight not only in an unbiased way for the people that you know but what about the people you don't know you know where are the hidden gems within your organization because as the wall for talent gets harder and harder and harder what you don't want to do is have some great talent within your organization that may be just outside of your peripheral vision that ends up leaving or doing something different when they could actually be uh, a key part of the talent and for organizations that's quite hard i mean I, I know that within my own organization we've got 1500 people 
uh, across 21 different locations around the world, sometimes operating in about 100 different countries. You know, having the ability to be able to identify the best talent, you know, across all of those different sites in an unbiased way for the role that we need to be done in the business. And that will have, you know, a specific context, you know, are we going to open up a new office in a certain geography? Who are the best people to do that? Um, you know, I think is the way to start to look at some of this predictive analytics. So you can have a clear visual representation that enables you to make um, choices. And, and that's really what it is at the end of the day. You know, there, I don't believe in the fact that, you know, you, you have things like assessments to they inform a decision. Uh, that's the way that they should be used. They're part of that individual, part of that individual is also their experience, the context right. which they're operating in. Uh, it's just, an, it, it informs you, gives you more information to make the better decision. Right. I, I think one of the things that you, you mentioned there was the entire workforce um, and the, uh, and broadening, you know, the view, uh, you know, outside of the, the, those that you know, uh, that, that's a that's a real key issue in my from my perspective. Um, a lot of times, assessments are um, you mentioned it earlier. They're used in a specific workflow. Maybe it's uh, on the on the hiring side. It's a particular job. It's a particular job type or a location or a place where we were having a particular challenge, um, and it's put back in the workflow where we're only looking at you know, candidates at a certain place in the process and not, not everyone. So we're not uncovering those gems in the, in the process. And uh, a lot of the, the fear of, around assessments is around the bias of screening people out when, um, you know, I've seen just the opposite. I've seen candidates get identified that, are, uh, that would never have made it in, right? So screening new people in. And on the talent management side, to your point, you know, carrying that through and using it uh, not in leadership and de development for my high performers or um, with my, the folks that have been identified for succession plans, um, but doing it for everyone, you know, yeah. on, you know, anyone that, that is uh, on the team. And that's, that, that changes the, the landscape. Um, and, uh, and I think that gets right back to the usability discussion and how do you implement this in a way where uh, both employee and employer are getting something out of it. So I'm, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because most, most workforce planning tools are really about where's my capacity within my business. Right, uh, right. Whereas actually what you really want to know, what's the job to be done? You know, you're trying to do a job at the end of it and you want that to be the most successful outcome that you can, that can be. And, and that provide that, that means you need more than just, you know, what capacity have I got? You, you really need to understand the quality of that talent and also the context in which you're putting them um, to be more successful because, you know, gone are the traditional ways of working where, you know, it's a very much a functional hierarchy organizations are creating and crashing down teams to get jobs done and sometimes those teams form for a few weeks and sometimes they form for a few months uh, and understanding the dynamics of the individuals which could, could come from multiple layers because often it's around the expertise they bring um, you know to get that job, job done quicker is really I think how workforce planning will continue to evolve over time uh, to use that people asset to the very best um, that you can. Right, right. You know, another 
trend that we talk a lot about in the world of human capital is artificial intelligence. And I'm curious, Andy, to get your thoughts on how AI will impact assessments or, or how is it impacting assessments? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great question. And, and, and personally, I think there is a lot of potential for AI if it's used in the right way. And I think we need to be very careful about how it's used. Let me just give you a, a couple of one areas where we focus on where we think it's a, a positive use of artificial intelligence. Okay. We, we have some coding assessments. Um, now, traditionally coding uh, assessments have enabled the candidate to write code. And at the end of that test, they will then hit compile. Now, the coder could have done some fantastic code all the way through, but failed when they hit compile just because of a very small error. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad candidate. So we use artificial intelligence to look at the flow of the code that gets written such that it's not all about hitting compile at the end and that one small error, which means those sort of type two errors that, that people make, they are more likely to still come as good candidates to the, the, the top of the surface, which is good for the candidate. It's also good for the employee, of course, because the last thing you want to do is, is eliminate those guys. So I think in the right assessments with the right use case, it can be very positive. Now, I personally don't believe in the black box type approach. Um, I think AI has to be very transparent. And I think the way that you form the algorithms that sit underneath that needs to be done actually in a very similar way to which traditional psychometric assessments have been built uh, and the same rigor such that they will hold up. They are defensible and they do essentially do um, what you're designing them to do. So, you know, I think AI is a really interesting topic. I think it's one that we need to, to be very careful in the use cases that we use with AI. Cool. Great. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting that you're, um, you know, the, a lot of times when, when we're talking about AI these days, it's, it's really, you know, the benefit of, you know, automation and, um, and logic that is helping the employer. And while you're doing that here, you're also, you're also providing a benefit to that coder, right? Who, who hit compile yep. and, and uh, may yep. have been overlooked in a, in, in a non automated you know, if sort of, or an environment not leveraging that AI. That's, That's it, exactly. And I, I think there's also a big opportunity for AI around, you know, the, the workforce themselves as well, you know, trying to understand development paths, learning paths that could be better for me as an individual. So feel very tailored as opposed to generic. You know, you can start to see how artificial intelligence can inform those type of decisions. Terrific. Well, this was uh, this was great. I could I could dig in um, further on this topic for hours, but um, but uh, but we don't have time for that for that. Um, so, but I I would love to uh, have you share. I don't know if there's if SHL will be any. How can people find SHL, or do you have any events coming up, or anything, any place at all where they can they can learn? Sure. More? Yeah, I mean, sure. They, there's a website shl.com um, there's a lot of information there uh, we do regular um, webinars in the various countries in which we operate both in local language um, and also online and then we also have a blog there that we continue to publish uh, more and more 
often we we co-publish with customers um, we think that's really important that it's not just us talking about some of the topics but it's also the customers bringing to life their experience as well um, so lots to be found there cool Cool. Well, I, uh, I appreciate that. And uh, Andy, I want to thank you for your time and sharing so much and so transparently here with us today. Thank you, George. Once again, I'd like to thank Andy Bradshaw of SHL for that interview. I really enjoyed it. I'd also like to thank you for giving me some of your time today. Now, if you're innovating in HR or with HR technology and you'd like to be on the HR Market Watch podcast, just shoot me an email to hrmw, that's hrm like market, w like watch, at hrwins.com, and we'll start the conversation there. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll talk soon.